0: Right, let's go.
1: (laughs) Sorry, you can't tell me
0: that it wasn't Halo. (laughs) It wasn't Halo. I promise. (laughs) I've only just I've only just downloaded the bloody client. It was fucking ages away. Anyway, okay, sorry. Hello there, friends. Welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. Welcome to episode 132. I'm joined by the world's biggest Taylor Swift fan, Miles Thompson.
2: I'm the biggest Taylor
0: Swift fan. Is that official? It is. I've heard what you've been doing. Oh no!
3: Oh, <laughs> he's saying no. it to wind me up because how dare you claim anybody else is a bigger fan than me? That's yeah. true. That's true. I
2: mean, I mean, you' I
0: mean, you try. You're a decent fan, I'd say. Mm, yeah, not quite at Miles' level yet, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. working wow. to get there, but guys, it's not quite. Guys,
3: guys, yeah. guys, don't do this to me,
2: <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Miles? I'm all right, thank you, mate. Yeah, doing good. well. We handed in our uh, last proper assignment today, which was Yay! really nice. So, yeah, so fingers crossed, provided the last two things pass, then we're over the worst of it now, which is grand. So, yeah, feeling good. It's, it's uh, got the week ahead, but feeling in a good place. That's nice. Fantastic. That's really good news.
0: Cat red version
3: cat <laughs> taylor's version um yeah I'm, I'm very good thanks um uh what's been happening i my best friend got engaged today and she video called me about an hour or two after it happened and i full-blown kim kardashian ugly cried in front of her her partner and her mum.
0: <laughs> oh nice
3: I thought she was going to tell me something like really serious had happened. Like I was like, oh my god, why is she calling me? She never calls me in the middle of the day. And she was like, oh, I'm away, and I've got something to tell you. And I was like, what? And honestly, just burst into tears, just literally like ugly, ugly cried That's like immediately. I know oh, it's super gay. I'm not normally, <laughs> I'm not normally that uh, that soft, but mm. just somewhat pulled my little heartstring about that.
0: So, and
3: obviously, I know and. Taylor Swift's album came out.
0: So yeah. that's pretty
3: rad. So it's been a great week for me. Oh, and then man. she did a short film and then she's released a new single today. I'm loving life. Oh, oh, what,
0: what a week this is.
3: Yes, I know. What, what a week a... to be alive.
0: Oh my good Lord. I'm so
3: blessed to be alive at the same time as Taylor Swift.
0: Blessings. <laughs> Blessings to all today. <laughs> Blessings to all today. And of course, Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Hey, man. How are you? All right, do, do you know, for a fact,
1: I have never in my life sat down and purposely sought out a Taylor Swift song?
0: Don't say that. Don't say that uh, in front of... Don't say that in front of Kay. Oh, you have to I, tell the line here. You're doing this wrong. No, 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 no,
1: no. <laughs> You're going to end up getting
2: hurt.
3: I feel like it's coming from a place where... Uh, not slander. And I feel like in your tone of voice, it's not come from a slanderous place. And I feel like that's okay then.
1: I, I genuinely, like... Uh, I'll be honest with you, My 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 appreciation of music right now is like so far down a rabbit hole that if you told me what a a Taylor Swift song, I would absolutely not know the the name of it because it just does not cross into my sphere of existence these days. Like I genuinely couldn't tell, I mean, there was one about calling a girl or something. Give me a number, baby. Think, think. What was that? Was that Taylor Swift? That
0: was not Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: I mean, that sounded like Taylor Swift. Um, Everybody
3: always, who people don't know, they always associate like Shake Off of Taylor Swift. And that's like considered one of her like worst songs because it's nothing like her other catalog. Shake It Off, Shake It
1: Off. There, you there go. it is. There no. you go. So, yeah. See? Yeah. See? So, so while you're listening to that, I'm listening to uh, like a hurdy-gurdy virtuoso um, <laughs> rock out <laughs> on a medieval, you know, or, or Swedish death metal rap. So this this is the spectrum's where well. I'm here today. Um, yeah. How are you, Ross? You okay?
0: Mate. I know. Mate. I know. I am the happiest I've been for a long time today. Xbox are bringing the fire, and I am just soaking up the flames, my friend. Oh, my good Lord. What a day.
1: Who knew that the cure to depression
0: was Halo? Halo. (laughs) Just dropping out of nowhere, kind of. And, yeah. Woof oh yeah, i am good thank you for asking
1: i'm happy for you dude
0: oh man what a week and let's talk about the games we have played this week with of course our games of the week miles your game of the week
2: i don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody really is it it's a uh, jurassic world evolution ev- evolution evolution 2
1: <laughs> it's
2: so good it's yeah. so fucking good So I don't even know how to really talk about it, that just sounds like I'm fangirling over dinosaurs, but that's pretty much exactly what it is. It's the game about just fangirling out about dinosaurs. And if you like dinosaurs or you like Jurassic Park, then you just can't go wrong. Um, So it's a management game where you effectively build a theme park with dinosaurs. And... There's kind of 84, if I remember right, different varieties or species of dinosaurs to get. There's herbivores, carnivores, small ones, massive ones like the T-Rex. They've introduced the hybrids. Uh, Two of the new main features of the the sequel is that you can now do uh, Lagoon, which is like the the water-based dinosaurs. Um, So if you remember from the Jurassic World movies, the giant, angry, um, shark-looking dinosaur that was huge, um, that jumps out of the water and eats whatever it was that was hanging from it um the mosasaurus they're in it now and they're awesome it's there's just something so like to so really satisfying about watching this giant dinosaur dolphin swoop out of the water and just like you know claim a shark that's hanging from a line or whatever it is um And they just capture it really well in the game. Um, There's also flying dinosaurs now. Um, So there's about five, six, seven of them, I think. Something like that. Um, So they've introduced a few new varieties, which is nice. And they come with their own kind of enclosures and different feeders and that kind of stuff. Um, The main kind of thing is that the game still plays exactly the same as the first one. So weirdly, the campaign they've introduced is just boring. (laughs) So they set you up as the Department of Fish and Wildlife, which couldn't be any less inspiring. And it effectively acts as like a really bad tutorial that doesn't even teach you about like, you know, how to power your theme park or to um, actually run it properly. It just teaches you literally how to capture dinosaurs and put them in fences. Um, So don't buy it for its tiny little campaign that it's got, um, but buy it because it just gives you a lot of tools to build out really cool parks. Um, It's like the the best version of what the original game wanted to be, um, really content complete. Um, if you played the original, I'm not sure there's enough here to justify paying full price for it given the new content, but I absolutely adore the first one, so it was well worth it for me. Um, but yeah, if you like dinosaurs and you want to release a T Rex and watch it fight an Indominus Rex uh, because you're a sadistic bastard and like making dinosaurs fight for your entertainment, then it's great. Um, and there's just something really pleasing about accidentally slash kind of intentionally letting your dinosaurs roam free with thousands of guests running around getting eaten. It's just really cool. So yeah, I've had a great time with it. I've spent uh, almost a couple dozen hours over the week and uh, yeah, fully recommend it, but it's just not exactly huge on the new content.
0: Nice. Yeah, I read your review. Thoroughly entertained. Thank you. (laughs) And um, yeah, I've seen some people are saying that there's there's no kind of freedom option, so you can't just start with everything like a lot of these theme park games tend to do.
2: Yeah, so it's got a bit of an odd structure. So there's the the campaign five missions, which only take a couple hours to do. And then there's the chaos theory missions, which are based on the movies, which are actually quite interesting, but they're a bit of a slog to finish. Um, And then there's five challenge levels. And basically you have to research and unlock everything within those levels before you can take into sandbox mode. Um, So there is like this giant open sandbox option, but you kind of have to play the rest of it first. And it takes weirdly, like the lagoon dinosaurs, you only unlock in one of the harder um, Chaos Theory maps Um, the harder ones to complete I mean, Um, so they're kind of like this weird progress level locked, not really because you can go straight to them if you want to but it's just if you start there you're going to have a difficult time getting to grips with what the game wants for you um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange decision. I would have liked if the sandbox mode just had everything available off the bat, but it doesn't. So you kind of have to work your way to it. But then it's kind of satisfying knowing that you kind of earned your right to
0: mess around with that, I suppose. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Wicked. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Evolution. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, what a day. What a day, Miles. What a, what day. a day. Honestly. Oh. Been... oh, what a time. Oh, God, I'm so, so, so buzzing on life right now. Uh, Kat, uh, what's your game of the week, or two weeks as you were not with us last week
3: <laughs> I know, I know, I was asleep at the time I was just saying to Sean before we started recording I was asleep at the time of this recording because I was that poorly you know, like when you're so poorly you get to at silly times um, yeah, so at, at the time of recording I was snoozing away in dreamland trying to get rid of my headache um, so my last game, so a couple of weeks ago as you probably remember the last time I was on this podcast <laughs> I swore that I would not buy the Guardians of the Galaxy Mm-hmm. And then I think not even twenty four hours. Not you know even twenty
0: four hours later.
3: Yeah, I bought garden to the guy.
0: I'm gonna save money for my friends and family this Christmas.
3: <laughs> and then I was like, screw them all. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't need them.
3: Not anymore. <laughs> it's christmas can, fuck him. Can,
0: can we can
1: we edit in a spongebob 24 hours later Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs>
3: we really should because that's exactly what happened i yeah i fucked off christmas and i thought no i'm gonna buy it <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that's been one and i um and that's so far what i've played it's really fun it's really, really good um a little bit of an annoying thing when you you know um you can't kind of like chapter select at the end, you can, but your progress won't save and stuff like that. So you kind of, if you want to try and platinum it, if you are a bit of a trophy hunter, you kind of do have to follow a guide. Otherwise you could risk soft locking yourself, which I'm very good at, and then having to replay the whole game again. Um, so not fun, but it's really funny. The script is really great. Um, the storyline's quite good. I'm very early days into it, but uh, yeah. And then the second game is uh, a game called Epic Chef. Uh, which I really wanted from Sean every month for everyone who doesn't know or doesn't, you know, it does like this amazing little rundown of all the indie games that are coming out. And I love, I look forward to that. That's like my little what's going on this month kind of thing. And I looked at that and Epic chef was on uh, Sean's kind of radar from that kind of post uh, that monthly what's coming out in November post of indie games. And I was like, Oh yeah, that looks good. That looks like my kind of game. Love a food simulator, love overcooked. Love like Dinah Dash. And I was like, yeah, that's my thing. That's my thing. So far, not my thing. <laughs> so far, not that epic. And I'm a bit sad and I'm trying to persevere so badly. um I was going to write the review yesterday and I thought, nope, give it a couple more hours. It's a great premise and it's so original. No, it's not original, but it is original. It's kind of like Stardew Valley meets Meats kind of overcooked, meets kind of. Um, Uh, I guess like that Farmville-esque kind of stuff um, all kind of popped into one Um, and instead of like fights and combat you have like cook-offs where you've got to kind of combine different ingredients and you've got to cook them at the right time and you've got to like um, collect these things called vigour and sophistication and things like that. Um, It's just a bit clunky. Um, It looks like like a very old PS3 type era game doesn't really look the problem which is fine once you get past that there's a little bit of clunks with the sound as well at one point it sounds like when you're outside it sounds like someone's blowing in the microphone which probably is happening but it just is a little loud <laughs> I always have to turn it down when I go back outside um but I've had a couple of bugs and it makes me really sad and it's making me really angry at the moment I'm currently locked out of my current mission and I don't know how to get around it so I've been persevering for the last like, hour or so trying to like do everything that i can possibly think of because the mission that i'm currently on is telling me to go to a place and then that place that person says i can't help you anymore you have to go to this dude and then when i get to that dude um he says that i'm not ready and then the location marker takes me back to the previous person i've tried to give them everything i've tried to cook for her i've tried to go at her at different times of the day and it's just infuriating so i'm going to give that a couple more <laughs> there's one thing i had to it's one thing that I can think of that might be the case, but it's taking like, so it gets, it's it got like a cool little day-night cycle. It's got like, um, so you will do certain tasks at night. You'll do certain tasks in the day. But the thing is, all the town is only open between nine and five and the time goes quite quickly. So if you need to speak to somebody and at 6pm, you've got to, <laughs> just got to waste your time around and then go to sleep and you can't go to sleep before eight o'clock. So it's like, fuck, fuck. Okay, and you've wasted a day. So uh, yeah it's a great premise I am enjoying the bits the bits that run really smoothly and the bits that like little tasks and little goals I think is really cool but as as the slack know I lost two hours progress on it so yeah it's um it's a game that you know I feel like Toby I feel like it's one of those games where like you really really wanted it and I thought oh yeah that actually does it really cool it'd be cool if we actually got that and at the moment I'm like a bit sad and hopefully I'll become mm. less sad. So I'm giving it more time before I write the review. Sure. I want to give it like a proper decent chance before I start going cat attack on it. You know,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it sounds like a lot of effort. It,
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, there's no time for that.
3: Yeah, I know. And the thing, yeah. And I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got some stuff on my, on my portfolio, on my, on my doctor, doctor. Doc, doc right Docket, docket. Stuff for my docket to review <laughs> right now. So yeah, so I'm gonna give it a day or so, and then I'm just gonna write it. But I think if it was smoothed, I think if it was patched, or I think it was just a little bit more tidied, be a great game. Nice. Uh, but so far, it's just a little bit rough on the edges. No, no, no. but it is very detailed. It's so detailed though. It is very detailed. It is very no. lovely, but it's just a bit rough on the edges. Okay. But yeah, that's my games of the week.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, Sean Davies, your game of the week.
1: My game of the week is called Sherlock Holmes, Chapter 1. My review for this game should be out now, but it's not. Because <laughs> I, I finished this game, um, and I immediately decided that I wanted to play it again. Because I, um, I was deeply conflicted about what I thought about this game. If, if you've ever played any of the Frogware games before, for, you know, the Sherlock Holmes Frogware games, or you've played The Sinking City, You'll know what these games are. They are very ambitious. Boo. Don't start. I really enjoyed that game. <laughs> so screw you. Um, they're very ambitious, a bit janky, but they they absolutely know their their target audience, so they just cater to those people. This for the first time, this game incorporates an open world, and it's a very different version of Sherlock Holmes. It's a 21-year-old young fresh-faced, exuberant, young Sherlock Holmes, who's also, like, Sherlock Holmes has always been a complex character, but never this broken and fractured inside. And I say this because the entire game you are playing alongside Sherlock Holmes's imaginary friend called John. So (laughs) John is, like, this imaginary person that only Sherlock can talk to. And it's a fascinating way to get the game from A to B everything that you do in the game john remarks on john helps you get through this game um, by helping you piece together evidence and suggesting things that Sherlock should do but also you're like you're a 21 year old with an imaginary friend what the hell's going on and the whole purpose of the game is the fact that Sherlock Holmes has gone to this um, this melting pot of different ethnics and origins called Cordona it's like a Mediterranean island where you've got like one that's like an Ottoman and Turkish one's very British, one's like a mining town, different parts of the city. Just it's like different places all stitched together. And this is where he used to call home at one point in his life. And then his mum died and he moved back to, to London and he's gone back to this island of Cordona to get some kind of closure. And as he does so, he realizes how just absolutely mentally foobard he is. And I don't want to spoil the, the overall story, but it's actually really good. Um, and it's much deeper than it, it probably appears on the surface. All of the usual stuff there is, is in there as a Sherlock Holmes game, but also because it's open world, so much stuff's been added. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. So for example, Uh, In one case, you you go to this guy's house because you want to ask him a question and you find him all broken and bloody on the floor. You figure out that he owned an elephant and this elephant had killed him, but this elephant has escaped somewhere. So you can then go and ask in this open world the people on the street to give you information. So this is like an open world game where you could just walk around and ask people directions. So like, say, if you need to find a location, of somewhere, you know it's in a particular part of Cordona, but you don't know what what part of that particular part of the city. You could just go around asking people, hey, do you know where this thing is? And they'll tell you. It's like a fascinating like expansion on everything that these uh Sherlock Holmes games have done in the past. But then there's some bits that don't work. So there's there's like combat is really clunky. Um, and <laughs> if you want to, you can be like Sherlock Holmes, the, the fucking stone cold killer who shoots all the bad guys in between their eyes and you'll get a bit of a ticking off, you know, John will be in here year going, that wasn't very good. Was it? We don't believe in murder, but you have just murdered 15 guys. So, um, and there's this part where you've got to, you can listen in on people's conversations like, and it's the worst mini game <laughs> I have, I have experienced in quite some time, but then so much of it's good. I've written 1,800 words on this game already and I am not finished. And the review will be up at some point tomorrow and I I genuinely hope that I can come to some kind of conclusion about what I actually think about it it's by the time I've finished it for the second time and by the time I've finished my review. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we this know is... it's going to be a finger gun, Seven.
1: Is it, though?
0: Well, I don't know. I haven't played it. Like...
1: <laughs> It, uh, throughout this my playthrough, I've been like, this game's a six, this game's a seven, this game's an eight, this game is a nine, and then I'm like, nope, it's a four. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's probably gonna be a seven. Uh, but you can look out for my review today if you're listening to this podcast. The day goes up. Whew, sorry about that. I, I was no. like, this has helped me design my review in my head. Thank you. No, you've <laughs> uh,
0: you've uh, you've been playing the game for a while, so he's letting it all out. Now you can finally talk about it.
1: Oh, yeah, thank God. What was your game of the week, Ross?
0: Well, thank you for asking, Sean. Uh, My game of the week is uh, the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Um, I've played one game of it. Um, I'm completely in love, and I will continue to play it tonight. I can't believe I got to edit a podcast tonight, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, No. My game of the week is a game that I did not expect to love so much and a game that I did not expect to even want to play. Downloaded it on a whim. Wanted to check out the visuals. And now it's a possible game of the year contender, and that is Forza Horizon 5. Now I know what you're thinking, Listen, you're probably thinking, but Roscoe, you're not a fan of racing games, and you're right, I'm not a fan of racing games. I don't really find them entertaining at all. I've got no interest in Gran Turismo coming up uh, next year on the old PS5. But then you play Forza, and you play that opening sequence where you're being dropped from a helicopter in various different cars. And the smile on your face starts to widen and you look around and everyone's cheering for you you get to put your own name on your car i've got finger guns as my license plate and suddenly i'm turning around mexico and i'm having the absolute time of my life in what isn't a racing game really what they've done with forza horizon 5 is they've turned it into some kind of open world action adventure rpg where you play as this Character who's a superstar racer, and you just race around hundreds and hundreds of courses in various different cars. I've driven minis, I've driven monster trucks, I've driven Ferraris and Mitsubishi's and Lamborghinis and three-wheelers. I've had races against bullet trains, against jet skis, against other monster trucks. And suddenly there's nothing about this game that you could consider bad because everything is so calculated so you can have the most fun possible you come off the road you just get skill points for knocking things over you can tear it across the mexican the beautiful it's a stunning game it's the best looking game i possibly have ever seen it's up there with rachshake and clank you can just tear it across road you can tear it across mountains i'm just having an absolute blast with this thing and i don't want it to end i'm really up in the seasonal stuff right now I'm getting very excited about cars that I'm unlocking. I don't know anything about cars, but if they look pretty, then I'm all for it. Um, I jumped into it after the Xbox anniversary celebration video, and they unlocked a, a Porsche, I think it was, that just got that was just covered in Xbox logos and stuff, and it was great. And um, yeah, I've been using that to get these uh, board cards, which you which are on the side of the road. You knock them over, you get a thousand G's or three thousand G's or five thousand G's, and Some of them are on top of buildings, and you wonder, how the hell am I going to do that? And then you just tear it over a mountain, you grab the air, and suddenly out of nowhere, you're on top of a building, and unlock you 5,000 XP. And things like this just make it so fun. Then you can rewind and do it again. And, yeah, man, I, I cannot sell this game enough. The most amazing thing about this game is that it's on Game Pass, and you can just go and play it if you want to. And, yeah, it's truly phenomenal. It's 10 out of 10. I I can't even argue it. It's one of the most fun games I've played all year, and Turn 10 should be absolutely delighted with what they've created. And if this is what the engine for Fable is going to be, then, well, that's going to be absolutely stunning. Xbox are absolutely killing it right now. And yeah, what an exciting time to be an Xbox gamer because Forza is amazing. Halo just dropped. I mean, it's going to be fun times this Christmas.
1: Every time I go to download Forza, I see a GIF of something going wrong on it. <laughs> is, is it. Is it as glitchy as the internet is making out?
0: I haven't seen um, any glitches. I'm playing it on a Series S, and I have, haven't seen a lot. I'm getting connection issues. Um, me and my friend Chris have been trying to play it together, and we haven't been able to yet. Um, there is a hotfix coming for that, apparently. But I haven't seen any major glitches. Okay. Nothing that would impede my enjoyment of the game, anyway. If
1: it, it's more, it's more funny stuff. So like, right. pe- people driving on like invisible walls that surround the tracks, just like okay. getting up so much speed that they're able to draw drive alongside the walls. <laughs> so like, it just looks like you're driving a, a sideways through a jungle. Um, <laughs>
0: ah, it's,
1: it's like. If if you've not seen that and you put this much time into it, then I think I'm just going to download it because every yeah. time I go to download it, I'm like, oh, oh.
0: Just yeah, just give it a go, man, because it'll uh, it might uh, eat up some time, but it's uh, yeah, it's terrific.
1: It's more more hard drive space. That's that's the problem.
0: That is the thing. It is over 100 gigs.
1: You got Halo and Forza coming in such close proximity. Yeah, I've already got a a a, a Xbox One Series S full of Game Pass games, so it's like, eh, what do I we do?
0: <laughs> well, I've got the, uh, I've got the Massitude Collection installed, and that's 130 gig, so I can probably get rid of that.
1: You can never get rid of that.
0: Before before Infinite, the campaign lands in December. Oh. Ooh.
1: Are we going to play Halo tonight?
0: Man, if I want to play Halo tonight, I am so, so down for that.
1: Let's play Halo tonight. <sighs>
0: oh bless the sunrise right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dawning of the age of aquarius what a time to be alive sean let's do a quiz let's do this right i'm
1: in such a good mood well prepare for, to have that mood spoiled <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, are you gonna so- ruin our day Yes. Oh. <laughs> so it's it's Xbox twentieth birthday. Oh, so no, you're gonna shit. do an Xbox Shit. Xbox. Oh, here we go. Yes. Yes. shit. Ah, this this quiz is all about Xbox and their games and stuff. So yeah. it's it's not all gonna be just like stuff that you guys won't know, but the, some of it's like trivia. Some of it's stuff about particular games. Some of it is just random shit that I decided to try and fuck you around with. Anyway, let's begin. Um, Ross, do you have a buzzer?
0: Do I have a buzzer? Um, Let's see. That's a bit too. That's a bit too quiet. Hang on. As I
1: say, I'm never gonna. You could play that (laughs) without anyone else guessing. I wouldn't hear it. Still too quiet, Ross. I know what you're going for, though. I was going for an Xbox
0: buzzer, but it's too quiet. Try
1: a PlayStation 1, they're all nice and beefy. That'll do, that'll do. Okay. Um, Miles, what's your buzzer? Of course, yeah. Stick them with the usual. Yeah, and Cat? Nice. Nice. That wasn't the one you played for me earlier.
3: Was it not, was it?
2: No, you did,
1: you did, yeah, that one, yeah. No, that the one. That, that was up. it, yeah. Okay, I'll keep yeah, power. the power up one. Okay, right. Okay, question one. Let's start with the toughest. (laughs) What was the name of the original Xbox's launch title that featured band members from No Doubt doing
0: Ross? Sorry, that was just my phone, that wasn't a button. That's not confusing at all.
1: Okay, what was the name of the original Xbox's launch title that featured band members from No Doubt doing various voiceovers and singer Gwen Stefani doing the voice for the main character? God,
3: Is it a game? What the fuck?
1: This was the game. This was a game that that most people are trying to forget, I think. (laughs) But it exists. Okay, any guesses?
3: I'm going to guess, well, I'll guess something. just because I guess it's called it's my life but like...
1: oh, it's a good guess but that's not the answer though oh. it's not even a good guess i'm sorry oh, okay. i just don't know how to feel about it.
0: that's an awful
3: oh, well the it's speaking up <laughs> anyone
0: else the launch of the original xbox yes
3: no because no doubt i've done all the launches ross obviously
0: no well i was thinking i was thinking guitar hero but guitar hero wouldn't would have the xbox predated guitar hero didn't it it did Hmm. Oh, Wait,
3: so you're talking Okay. Okay.
0: I haven't got an answer. I haven't. Okay. Generally, I have not Me,
1: though. Right. Got Hamm- okay. The answer is malice. What? Cool. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's... Good to know. I would not have got that one. <laughs> good chat. Good chat. Would never have had that.
3: If Gwen, you...
1: Gwen Stefani voices a god who wields a hammer. And it was one of the few games that were rushed out for Xbox's launch. And it got a, a hearty 52% on Metacritic.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one that Xbox tried to forget. Anyway, Damn. question two. Ex-game executive and current Wrexham Athletic Football Club advisor, Peter Moore, yeah. has the, the release date for which Xbox game tattooed on... Ross? Hello, too. Correct.
0: I was there. I wasn't there. I saw it happen.
1: I was, going to say, <laughs> oh, I
0: was going to say, what, are like stalking him? The heady days in LA, you know, just hanging out
1: with Peter Moore. And oh, so when,
0: I, when he revealed it at E3, I remember watching it. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, question three. If you opened up an Xbox One X and looked at the circuit board, you'll find Halo's Master Chief riding what animal?
0: Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> Oof.
3: I mean, is it obvious or is it like a fucking turtle or something?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'd take a guess, cap. I mean, I'm not going to give you <laughs> miles. Uh, a banshee. No. Mm. Is that an animal? I don't know. Just thought it was worth a go. <laughs> no, isn't,
3: isn't a banshee like a mythical like creature?
0: It's a screamy thing, yes. Yeah. Any other guesses? It's not an. It, it's not an animal that is normally ridden on. It's I remember not, that no. much. Not unless you're oh! um... Ross, anaconda. No. Oh, I was so confident. <laughs> <laughs> Cat. Snake. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just
3: seeing if I can get uh, one of those sneaky points. It's. It
1: was. It was. Oh, wait. Wait.
0: I'm gonna get spiritual this point. spiritual points. Okay. Spiritual point
2: incoming.
0: I'm gonna go because they name their. Projects have their animals, don't they? Sometimes. Scorpion. It was a scorpion. Fuck. Damn. It's Project Scorpion. Ah. Yes. Okay. for Anaconda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, Anaconda. Anyway, I, question I must four. have read that
0: somewhere. I'll find it. Go on. Question
1: for Project Natal was the code name for which piece of Xbox, Ross? Next. Correct. I said correct, not connect. Okay. <laughs> Question five The four founding members of Media Molecule left which Xbox owned studio to form their studio? Russ? Ray? No. no. Miles or Kat? No. Which Xbox studio did four people leave to start Media Molecule? Jesus Christ. Miles?
2: Uh, can I just clarify? Is this previously or is it still current?
1: Uh, it no longer exists. Bungie. Okay. <laughs> Bungie? Yeah, I don't know. The, the current creators no of Destiny 2. Yeah. No, definitely not Bungie, no. <laughs> no,
3: not Pickle.
1: Okay. The answer is Lionhead Studios. Uh, uh, uh... Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay.
0: Damn you, beat One on you. Question six.
1: The world's edge studio was created in 2019 by Microsoft to oversee which of their Xbox game studios IP.
2: What was the name again?
1: The world's edge. The world's edge studio. Miles. I'm just going to say Hellblade two. No. Mm. <laughs> mm. the world's edge studio was created mm. in 2019 by microsoft to oversee which of their xbox game studios wait
0: app. was it revealed at e3 that year Wow, well, potentially because nah. i remember the initiative was 2017 is it sorry Mars and Cat. ross age of empires correct this is guys
1: <laughs> How do you?
3: Is there like a little like abandon button somewhere? <laughs>
1: <Eject>. With, <yeah. laughs> okay. Question eight. Microsoft acquired which video game studio in 2014 for 2.5 billion dollars? Game studio in 2014 for 2.5 billion dollars.
0: Oh my god. I'm really thinking here. I'm really trying to think. Really, really trying here, guys. Not
3: really
1: an Xbox. I'm going to give you five seconds.
0: I can't think. Minecraft! Mojang! I am telling you. a
1: buzzer, so I'm just going to say, no, I got that one. Russ. Wait! No! You already did it! Mine!
0: Yeah, all right.
3: Um, is it Mojang who did Minecraft?
1: <laughs> That's correct, yes. Oh,
3: thanks so much! Oh,
1: <laughs> well played. <laughs>
0: Ross, you have this happen to you at least yeah, once a week. the amount without of times fire.
3: that I've done this by answer as well, I've got buzz I've i get
0: excited out. about remembering answers and then I get to buzz. You <laughs> just get too excited for your anger. Yeah. I did the same
3: at the start.
0: And right now I'm on such a sugar high of, of life that I... Just- and
3: right I, now, you've just like got eleven out of ten on the quiz already. So I was going to say, I don't,
0: think, I don't think you need
1: to worry about your lead being evaporated. Okay, that last question was worth eleven points. Just saying. So you know. <laughs> 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 uh, question nine on a standard Xbox One controller: What color is the X button? Ross, blue. That is correct. That's a bit unfair because I imagine you were looking at it. I'm just staring at it right now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. And finally, question 10. Developed by Platinum Games, what was the name of the dragon-centric title that Microsoft cancelled in 2017? <gasps> Miles? Scalebound. Correct. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. That... Fucking <laughs> yes. So Kat and Miles both have 30. And Ross has nine. That's 11. the number one. Easy way. I've got Easy. 11,
3: Miles has one, and Ross has nine. <laughs>
1: That's a number one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Ross wins by
0: Well done, a... Ross.
3: Well done. Very well long.
0: done, Ross. You crushed that. Thank you so much. After last week's pathetic display, I feel good.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well done. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was a fun quiz. I enjoyed that one.
1: No, it wasn't. Don't tell me that. Was it fun no, it was because hard. you won, tough. mate? I, pre- yeah. I preferred last week's, personally. I preferred, like, the,
0: week, I preferred the Team Raider quiz. I enjoyed that one.
1: I, I genuinely am going to tell you, every time you tell me that makes... Like, oh, that was fun. I'm going to make it harder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just tell me it was fun. No, go on, Oh, God. I'm get philosophical again oh, next shit. week. That was, that was the most horrendous quiz we've done thus far. Excellent. Thank you very much. I, I don't think we could do another one of that <laughs> scale again. I peaked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right then. Thank you, Sean. Best pleasure as always. Let's get into the topics. And of course, we cannot let this day go by without saying happy 20 years, Xbox. On the day we're recording this, it is 20 years to the day that the the original Xbox came out. And Xbox has done all sorts of wonderful things to celebrate, including, you may have already heard, but they dropped Halo Infinite Multiplayer. It's available right now. So why not go and play it? Why not go and play it? It's going to be amazing. So I thought I'd uh, open it up to the gang. Any memories, any iconic things about the, the last 20 years of Xbox you remember particularly fondly? Um, I shall uh, start with Sean Davies.
1: I I have a very varied history with, with Xbox. Um, I remember being gutted about having a PlayStation 2 when it was announced that both Oddworld Stranger's Wrath and Oddworld Munch's Odyssey would be on Xbox. Yeah. Because I was a big PlayStation guy and I was, I absolutely adored those games. And those were the games that kind of pushed me over the edge to get an Xbox. What I didn't expect was to, to like the Xbox as much as you did. You know, back in the day, I was a, you know, regardless of what console it was at the time, I was a fanboy of that console. You know, I was one of those immature, emotionally damaged kids that was like, my console's better than yours. Happy to admit it now, much mature these days. Um the PS Five still fucking better though, and um, <laughs> the, um, the it was it was a real surprise to me that I enjoyed the console as much as I did, um, especially because it had stuff like Project Gotham Racing, and it had um, obviously the Oddworld games and Halo. So Halo was a game that I hadn't played it until a couple of years until it had been out. You know, it was just it just passed me by. It just well, didn't into my sphere of existence and then i started going to college and there was a couple of lads that i used to hang around with and i was the only person who in college looked old enough to buy beer and i swear to this day that i am um, that was the only reason i got invited to join up with these lads but at the end of the day we used to buy creative beer this was at, like was 15 16 college we'd go play football drink some beers and then go back to my friend's house tegan's and uh, we'd play some Halo. And it was full player huddled around this tiny TV in a bedroom that was not much better than a cloakroom. And we had the best fucking time. Those maps are ingrained in my brain. You know, they, they those battles. And it was, it was because we were all kind of inebriated at the time anyway. And because we were all, um, none of us were really the competitive types. We were just having a laugh. It was just fun. You know, there wasn't any bad blood and it was just such a good time. And then I went from an Xbox, to or uh, Xbox 360. And this is kind of the Xbox 360 is where my love of gaming really, really took off. I like really took off because of Call of Duty 4. Now, when, when this game came out, <laughs> me and my friend, uh, Paul, we used to play this game. Every single night for hours up until, you know, I used to work with the guy, he was my boss at work, and we would play until the early morning. And then I'd like come in like 20 minutes later, he'd be like, it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> because he was tired too. And <laughs> it was because we were playing Core Duty um Modern Warfare, Core Duty 4 Modern Warfare until the early hours. That game was amazing. And having played that on the PS3, it just wasn't as good, you know, it, the, the network was just never as good. And there's always loads of fucking hackers on the PS3 version, but you know the the Xbox 360. I had a very difficult relationship with because I had so many of them because they kept fucking breaking on me. But you know what what time I did get to play on it with like uh, Viva Pinata, which is such a fucking good game. Why aren't they making another one? You know, it's Rare,
0: Rare's mm, too busy too making uh, Sea Shanties and stuff now, aren't
1: they? And it but like they they're a massive studio. Mm-hmm. Get fifty guys in a different part of the studio and let them make another fucking Viva Pinata. It doesn't take the entirety of Rare to make Viva Pinata 3. Sorry, it doesn't. <laughs> do it, Rare. Um, you know, the, the Xbox 360 year is great because there were so many amazing games that came out. And then, you know, moving on to the Xbox One, again, I didn't. I came to that console late because... I'll be honest with you, my relationship with Xbox was completely foobarred by the end of the set. My, I think it was either five or six Xbox 360s I went through because of the lovely red ring of death. And I I, I swore I was never going to get an Xbox again. And now I've got two. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you can see that they've won back my... But, you know, these days, Microsoft are a completely different company. You know, this isn't this isn't Steve, you know jumping up and down on the stage in a suit and tie going yay this isn't bill gates looking like a doofus standing next to the rock this is this is a different xbox and you know my a lot of my more recent memories of some of the best memories i've had with xbox and you know they have come on leaps and bounds this last couple of years and it's it's great to have a competitor in the market that's i know i know they, they they're not you know they're not a a as, as as customer friendly as everyone says they are, they do everything because it's a business. You know, They're not just giving away games. It's a service that we're buying into, the same as, as Netflix and the rest. But Games Pass has been revolutionary for the industry and it will continue to be so. And it's going to be really interesting what they do next because I imagine their best memories are the stuff they've still yet to make. So that is my, my piece on Xbox.
0: Lovely stuff. Yeah, it's been a wild ride for Xbox, isn't it? Um, I think the Xbox One didn't do him any favors at first. It was the first time that I'd look at console releases and gone. Oh, I don't want one of those. They've, they've they've really messed up the launch.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they did all of the same things that the PS3 did. You know that that was the when the PS3 launched, it was frigging awful. And the Xbox one was the same, you know, it just wasn't the good announcements at the good launch. Can you remember that really embarrassing show when they're oh, like, yeah. oh, this is snap. And they're almost like, and the games, <laughs> and this is NBA. Where are the games? And it was like, there were so many people saying this is going to be revolutionary. It's got Skype. And I'm like, mm. where are the games? <laughs> <laughs> Buy the console. God damn it. Show me the games. And, um, you know, I think they've realized, <laughs> um, that, you know that I imagine that was their their wake up call when they got home and went, what the fuck did we just do
0: yeah well they they turned it around fairly sharpish, didn't they? They had all these big ideas they had like uh like the game sharing I thought was a pretty cool idea,
1: yeah, the family um, family option thing
0: yeah yeah they they squashed that you couldn't trade in uh retail games anymore, so that caused a massive uproar um they just moved to digital probably a generation too soon, I think,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's just it, wild. The problem with that that console is that it it was probably too forward thinking for its own good, yeah. and they were trying to sell negatives, um, as a positive. And now, you know, you, <laughs> you'll be able to share these games with people you know, and then Sony quite literally days later go and oh, this is just how you share a game with people you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they hand the disc over. It was it was just, it was it was. Now, if you were to pitch that console now you know it it would it would fly you know everyone's got an internet connection you know Mm. nobody wants to go in a shop anymore (laughs) everyone everyone wants the games delivered digitally or via a box that comes through your letterbox (laughs) it's like now would have been the perfect time but uh yeah too much change all at once that was the xbox one's problem
0: yeah absolutely um cap what's your history with xbox
3: short and sweet but what i did play of it i really enjoyed i remember because when you're younger i think like when you're a kid kid you kind of get whatever console bought for you don't you You know you don't have access and means to money you have access to santa and santa is either going to buy you what you want or he they're going to buy you something else um and so i grew up with, with playstation but when i got around my teens i thought i'm actually you know i've never played xbox it's huge you know i i I've always had a PlayStation, I'm gonna get an Xbox. And I got an Xbox with well, I of games for it, you know, when you get to CX and you just, you know, spend 50 quid on like 20 games and you're like, yeah. Um, and that's what I did until it Red Ringer Deft me. Uh, but that was, you know, I proper hammered. Um, I proper put some time into it and it proper got me back into gaming, I think. I think where I've been at university, um, I'd kind of taken a little bit of a break and then when I came back on one of the summer holidays and I bought my Xbox, I took my Xbox back with me to uni. And uh, I I you remember Fable Fable is something that I am glad that we now have an Xbox again Thanks to you Ross um, Because as soon as Fable comes out Shit I'm gonna You know I'm gonna spend bank on that because that is <laughs> Those were great games I remember playing all of them You know, Kicking chickens, axing people You know pissing and, um, people off in the street
0: Xbox did announce today that the Fables have now got a 60 FPS boost So <sighs> okay. if you want to If you want to play them again, just jump in. Just jump in.
3: It would be tempting. Um, Also played COD a lot on Xbox, weirdly. It's something that I've never really delved into on PlayStation, but COD was like my Xbox thing, and I played uh, World at War. Um, uh, I used to hammer that. Every single night, my mom used to be like, "What are you doing?" And that, when I lived with her, and i be like, "I'm playing, I'm playing this game," and she's like, "Are oh, you playing shoot 'em ups?" That's what she just called them, shoot 'em ups. Um, and then, it, then it sadly read "Ring of Death" to me. And uh, and I remember as well, I used to play Monopoly. I love like board games on um, <laughs> consoles. I love board games anyway. Um, and I remember playing Monopoly, and there was like an online, like live version. I remember getting the proper headset for Xbox, and I remember I went online, and someone called me a cougar, and I cried and came off. <laughs> <laughs> that's my gay little story about. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, we're playing with a cougar. We're playing with a cougar. She sounds well old." I was literally about nineteen. I was literally like, Damn. not even that old. They're oh, all playing with cougar, we're playing with cougar, and I was like, "Bro, you're playing Monopoly too, bro? Like, come on, come on now." um Yeah, that's that's pretty much pretty much my experience. Fable Monopoly and World War. Um, hmm. I definitely would love. And the thing is as well, I think Game Pass is something that has revolutionised not revolutionised because it, 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 Xbox has always been revolutionised, but I think it's something that has definitely um, definitely brought Microsoft and both Xbox when it was maybe failing behind PlayStation or when it was, you know, kind of uh, lingering back a little bit. It's definitely something that, mm. you know, it splits a lot of people now. You know, we've been saying all year how funny it is that meanwhile I don't have an Xbox for Game Pass because such great game. You know, it's not just a shitty, you know, art oh, looks really cool and it isn't that cool because there's not many games on it. It's genuinely oh that drops on X- that drops on Xbox Game Pass that drops on Xbox Game Pass oh that's it. Game Pass Day One, yeah. um and that that's sort of like Forza for example you know if it was PlayStation and that's no shit to PlayStation PlayStation definitely wouldn't have done that you know what I mean they would have been like oh no that one doesn't go on go on PlayStation Game Pass because of you know it's too expensive and they yeah. charge 70 I mean, quid for it
0: the best- Game Pass before that was amazing but the best thing that Xbox ever did was say. All of our first party games are day one on games.
3: Yeah, pass. like that's incredible. And I that think that shows was
0: the biggest pull for the entire yeah. thing, I think.
3: And that just shows community, doesn't it? And I've always yeah. I've spoken a lot this year about like the shadiness a little bit of PlayStation, the business side, it's becoming a little bit more businessy, whereas it feels like Xbox has really come into like a community, kind of like we're here for the games and the love, not for the money.
0: Mm.
3: Um yeah, but yeah, you're, so... you're,
0: you're probably right. PlayStation PlayStation would go, here's our game pass. Uh, does does it not include like a God of, of War Ryder Rock. Game. Does not include Horizon <laughs> Forbidden <of laughs> West. Does yeah. not include GT Seven. <laughs>
3: yeah, GT Seven. Yeah. well, Yeah. And That's yeah. the thing. That and I genuinely think that'll be true. I think that'll be. You know, you look at PlayStation now, and that hasn't got. You know, it's got some good games on it, but it, it's not like, oh, Forbidden West coming to PlayStation now. Like it's. Mm. It, it's you know they have every opportunity to be exactly like Game Pass, and they're not taking it up. And yeah, so I do think that in that way, they have really you know, thumbs up to them. But yeah, that's that's really my really my, uh, really my my experience of um, Xbox. Because of course, I don't play Halo and I don't play uh, first-person shooters um, very often. So Halo is not my jam or fad pe- you're going to say it's fad person. Now, I don't know, Ross. I don't it's play not, Halo. It's, it's not so third-person, it's first-person. Okay, cool. okay, so I got it right. Then. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm here for Fable. I'll stick around for Fable and I'll stick around for Game Pass because that is a banging deal. Um, yeah. That's uh, my experience.
0: And you'll get Fable on Game Pass.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well. Not getting a forbidden West on bloody Game Pass, am I? I've had to pay something <laughs> for the order. Next PlayStation.
0: Of course, Game uh, Fable's only coming to the Xbox Series, so you're going to have to get a series, but then you'll That's get a Game right. Pass. And a That's series.
3: right. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's a little treat to myself.
0: Love it. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, Miles, your Xbox history. Tell me all about it.
3: Yeah, I mean... It's too young.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Right, let's move on. <laughs> no, go on. Ow how my feelings. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, mainly to be honest, I've never owned one myself until you sold me yours, Ross. Um, but it's always been a console that i kind of associated um, with kind of friends. So like when I was growing up, um, one of my best friends called Joe uh, had an Xbox 360 um, before he converted over to PlayStation. And we used to just go around and like for an entire Saturday and Sunday just Get loads of fizzy drinks in, all the like disgusting junk food, and just shoot shit up on Halo 3, just match after match after match. And I just remember sitting there and just being really enamored with the game. And it was just a bit like Sean was saying, it wasn't kind of, you know, competitive. It wasn't kind of, you know trying to do the best or whatever it was literally just having the best time and i still remember one match where i realized that you could tear the minigun off of it's like where it was placed and you could just roam around with this giant minigun and just oh. shoot everyone up and it was genuinely one of the best times i've had in the game ever um so that it's it's always kind of been associated like that for me And when i went to uni one of my friends had a, a an xbox one um so we kind of went opposite ways. so i got the ps4 he got the xbox one um and again, it was just kind of going around, just playing different games and actually just having a good time. And that's kind of always how I associated Xbox. I think part of why I didn't want to buy one is because I didn't want it to become like a regular like machine or like a regular thing I would play. I wanted it to keep that kind of nostalgic value of, you know, whenever I play an Xbox, it's always going to be a good time. It's going to be with friends or it's going to be playing a particular game that I know I'll never get to play. So it holds that bit more kind of unique or kind of special quality to it so now that i own one it's it's going to change a little bit but i'm hoping to try to to keep that kind of feeling with it because it's always been really nice um so my first experience was i think it was halo one um i used to go around to my uncles and he had an xbox never played it but he bought one for some reason and um I just remember going around for a weekend and just spending the whole weekend playing through the halo combat evolve campaign and just driving is it the the bungee is it bungee bungee what's it called the the main vehicle the warhog the
0: warhog hog that's the one mm-hmm. um bungee are like, the developers of the game
2: yeah i don't know why i keep getting
0: stuck on these things <laughs> there is a um there, there there's also a vehicle called the banshee
2: yes yeah, yeah. I, I remember the banshee that's like the flying one isn't it yes um
0: but yeah, so I just remember driving the
2: warthog really badly in, off of cliffs, into walls, you know, off of rocks, all sorts, and just having the best time with it, you know, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, where I was going, why I was shooting these things. I remember getting stuck on the flood level where you go into the stupid flood temple and you wander around in circles for about an hour, and then I couldn't figure out how to get back out of it for ages, um, and then I went around again the next time I managed to get out of it straight away, which made no sense to me. Um, but yeah, it's just always been associated with games that, because I can't play them normally, I've always felt that much cooler to play, knowing that it was for a limited time. And yeah, I'd always be playing it with friends and whatnot. Um, but there's always been certain games I've wanted to kind of get into the ecosystem for. You know, we've spoken about, you know, Hellblade 2 is going to be exclusive. Um, the Gears series I've always quite enjoyed whenever I've played them. And, you know, Halo's obviously, you know, the main one, the big one. Um but I think they've just got a lot in their lineup at the moment, and especially with their recent acquisitions, I'm quite glad that I'm now part of that kind of system, because I want to experience some of these games that they've got. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you guys touched on it as well of, you know, when they announced the Xbox One, it, it kind of always sticks in my mind of how not to announce your game in a way that is completely opposed to what your audience want it to be. And um I'll never forget, you know, Sony doing that little seven second tutorial of how to pass a game to your friends. It's just always stuck in my mind. But I think the best thing they've done is in recent years, they've realized what they did wrong and they've really kind of pulled their finger out and given it a right go. And with Game Pass now, it is just a phenomenal deal. So, yeah, I'm always fond towards them. I think I'll always be a bit more sided towards PlayStation because that's just what I grew up with and it's what I know, it's what I've always stuck with. Um, but I think they're pulling out a lot of good work now and I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it a bit more frequently or a bit more regularly than I may have done before. Um, but yeah, no, it's always it's always been pleasant memories and uh, that's kind of how I'd like to keep it, hopefully. Yeah. Well, oh, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. What about you, mate?
0: Well. <laughs> well. My Xbox journey starts 20 years ago. Um, I was on the way home from holiday. I've just been in Portugal with my dad. And, um, and his partner, now wife, and her son. And it was coming up to Christmas, and I remember telling dad I wanted an Xbox. And the day that we came home just happened to be the launch day of the Xbox. And if you know Taunton, coming off the motorway, you land up, you know, where, you know, Odeon, here's Hollywood Bowl, etc. But around that corner, there's, at the time, was PC World and curries and Comets and all of these wonderful places that you could walk around and stare at new gadgets. And Dad pulled in to PC World and I didn't know why. And he, and he said, told me and Lance to stay in the car. And I didn't know what was going on. I figured he was picking up a new PC or a new motherboard. He was really into building sort of old school Windows PCs at the time. And he walked out with a great massive bag and i didn't know what was in there until i got home and he went right you can have this today because you were so good on holiday and that was the first time i ever played an xbox and that night i played so much halo that i nearly completed it almost immediately and it was a really transformative time because it was it was the moment where you know my dad was just happy um it was quite a rare thing as a kid for him to be so positive he's a he's a wonderful human being now, but uh, you know when I was younger he he kind of had a bit of an anger issue, and you know he was so relaxed and so calm after having such a nice holiday and we just sat there and we just played halo one night and um we didn't have a second controller, we had the, like the massive Duke controller um so we would take turns on it as well, and that was really fun and it was just these little moments that kind of reminded me of how important video games are, and especially Halo. Halo, you know, goes back in a very Shenmue kind of way. It leads back to, you know, childhood memories. And that's what made me stick with Xbox for a long, long time um, because I was so invested in Halo. And, you know, the original Xbox got Halo and Halo 2. Um, Halo 3 landed on the 360. I'm very much with Sean. Um, I went through seven Xbox 360s, I think. Um, one of them was because I upgraded to the uh, 360 Elite uh, when the when Halo 4 came out. I got the Halo 4 Special Edition, um, which came with an Energy Sword pen. I don't know why it did, but it did. And um, those moments were really exciting because obviously I would play with my mates. We had LAN parties with the original Xbox and the Xbox 360. We would plug in our Xboxes and then connect our TVs back to back. And just spent all night playing Halo multiplayer um, through through LAN. And it was just great. You know, experiencing Xbox Live for the first time, playing online for the first time. You know, these are all things that I experienced first through Xbox. And, you know, I'll always be so grateful to Xbox for that. I didn't get an Xbox One for a long, long time because the PS4 looked like a much more viable option. And I'm so glad that I did that because to play the PS4 is one of my favorite gaming eras ever. But there was always something in the back of my mind. It was like, the Xbox One got Halo 5. Um, Halo 4 also came out on the 360. Um, but yeah, I didn't play Halo 5 until about three or four months ago. And it was such a nice thing to get back into Halo. It's not the best Halo ever made um, by any means. It wasn't my favorite, but it was just nice to finish that story and get you know, caught up with Cortana's story at the moment and see where that goes in Infinite is so exciting. And so it was all those moments, you know, me and Chris and, you know, uh, Kat and I's friend, uh, Sean, we would play Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies on the Xbox for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, she would kick our ass and make us look like idiots um, while she was getting very, very drunk yeah, sure <laughs> and, is. Eat- and eating sure. kebabs.
3: <laughs> She's just a powerhouse of zombies.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, uh, I'm just very grateful to Xbox. Um, and now they're in probably the most powerful position they've ever been in. And it was a no-brainer getting a series because there's so much exciting stuff to come. And I think Phil Spencer has absolutely turned the ship around and he's doing a phenomenal job by putting customer first. Obviously, they're a business. They want to make money. They've said today, I read an interview, you know, Game Pass is now sustainable which is fantastic. They've pretty much broken even on Game Pass, and now everything from now on is going to be profit, which means there's going to be more and more stuff to come that's going to be really exciting. And, you know, the backwards compatibility was such a massive deal when that was, when that was announced um, a few years back. And for them to add 70 more games to that today, including all the Max Pains, time Splitters 2, all the Fear games, Binary Domain, there's just so many. 50 Cent Blood in the Sand is now backwards compatible. I mean, come on, that means it's going to be on Games with Gold or Game Pass at some point. That's very exciting. So, yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of games i played on the Xbox. I can't even tell you which one's my favourite because there was just so many. Um, I love the Xbox Arcade. I love, there's a little, there was a very stupid game called I Made a Game of Zombies in it that uh, Chris and I played for hours and hours and hours. The game only goes on for about 15 minutes, but it's a top-down twin-stick shooter, and it was just absolutely superb and it was £1 on the Xbox store and it was those little games that I remember most fondly and of course you know our long nights playing Halo and so you know I love Xbox and I always will because the memories that I've got connected to it are hugely important to me and it's not just the games it's just the moments I had playing it and the people that I played them with and yeah I'm just so excited to see what happens next because we're in such a good time that All three consoles are crushing it right now. And that doesn't happen very often in generations. Normally one is lagging very much behind, but, you know, all three are on fire right now. And it's such a great time to be a gamer. And Xbox, I think, are leading the way. I genuinely think that right now. And I'm of course, I'm excited for Horizon. I'm excited for God of War. and excited to see what happens next to PlayStation, Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine and stuff. And Xbox, I've got so much excited. Like Perfect Dark. I mean, I loved Perfect Dark. And, you know, now that... A brand new studio is going to be building that the only way is up I think and you know anyway that's my piece I might start crying so it's been a very big Xbox day for me I don't know what I'm doing so there we are keep it together man it's just games yeah I know I'm sorry <laughs> forget all the important emotional sides of video games and where they're important
1: I can't believe you've talked for that long we could have been playing Halo man
0: yeah I know <laughs> I know. I've got to edit this thing down as well. I could be playing Halo, but never mind.
1: There's no editing needed. We can just plow on. Yeah. Intro, outro, done. Nobody <laughs> swear.
0: Nobody <laughs> say something that I need to cut out, please. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Yep. I do feel myself getting choked up. So let's move on. Happy birthday, Xbox. May there be more, more years to come. I want Xbox 40 in 40 years and see where we are then. My God, where the hell are we going to be in 20 years time from now? It's so damn exciting. Right then, so, let's move on. Not only is the Xbox's birthday today, it's also Skyrim's, well, not today, but recently. Ten years of Skyrim, and it's been released, what, 70-odd thousand times since then? And me, as a Skyrim noob, I want to know why it's so darn special. So ten years later, we have another re-release. It's back out once again. I'm going to pass this one to Sean Davies. Sean Davies. Tell me everything you, we need to know about Skyrim and why is it so special?
1: Hey, it's your boy Sean, the Skyrim liker. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Lol.
1: <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Skyrim is ten years ago. It was revolutionary. I'm going to say this in the nicest possible way. It was also a bit of a, a bit of a shitberg because. It was clunky, clunky. it was buggy, it was broken, but also in terms of of game, I don't think we'd ever seen up to that point something as big in scope. We'd had other Elder Scrolls games, Oblivion was excellent, but this one was bigger. It was like a bigger release. You know, the map was, oh God, it's gonna take hours to walk across, and it does take hours to walk across it. But the main reason why Skyrim stands today is something that people still play including myself you know this is the i was trying to work it out earlier i i reckon i've spent at least 800 hours playing skyrim in various guises since it first released because yeah yeah because i played on xbox 360 um on ps3 ps4 now ps5 and i played a bit on the xbox one and i'll be honest with you the amount of times that i've actually done the main story you know finished the main story was once because this is a world that you can get lost in, and the reason why I think that is is because much like a lot of other Bethesda games, the entire game revolves around the player. You know, a lot like um, the Fallout games where you you come out and have, have a bunker and and or you you wake up and you've got a you've got a, a plan in action. The world is your oyster, but also you're a linchpin in that world. So for Skyrim, you are the Dragonborn, and as this player character, you get to name and craft and mould that character how, however you play. You know, your actions determine how good you are at a particular action. So you know, if you you're constantly using spells, you'll be a good magic user. If you're a, a one-armed, you know, one-armed weapon wielder, you'll be good at one-armed weapons. You get to to mould that character by the way that you play. You know, it's it's one of those games where it's easy to get lost because that character is a character that you get to shape, but also because the entire world reacts to that character. That that character is deciding the fate of Skyrim in some small ways. You know, some some little Daedric artifacts, some little weird missions that you've got to complete, some quests that you're going to do for particular factions but also in in the i'm going to save the world sense of i am the one thing that's going to stop the dragons i am the dragonborn i'm going to take down the dragons but also you know the the realm of man it's so involved and it this this game for me was where bethesda really started to stretch their environmental story storytelling you know you go into a dungeon and you'd walk across skeletons with, you know, a guy like a skeleton wrapped around a chest with candles and stuff. And you'd search the, the dude and you'd have loads of lockpicks, but obviously he didn't unlock the chest because the lock the, the chest is still locked, but inside it's loads of loot and you just take the loot. And it just tells you a little story with just the tiniest little corner of a dungeon. And it, for me, it's still one of the best RPGs ever made. It's I, I understand why people don't like this game because just starting it the other day, I got to the first town and a guy sat down at the table and everything fucked off the table. It was like an earthquake had happened and no one noticed. All the apples and everything are rolling all <laughs> over the room. Um, I, I I was playing just before we started the podcast and this one character was literally spinning around while talking to me. It's It's a broken game, but it's also brilliant. You know, it's it's one that puts the player at the centre of its experience, and it does so really well, and that's why I think the Skyrim is still really good, and I can't wait to play the next Elder Scroll on the Xbox.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer just took that away from me, didn't he? Really.
1: I, he, he didn't take it away from me. He's he's making it happen. You know, true.
0: I, okay.
1: It's, it's I, I'm okay with this. I understand that I'm not going to be able to play it and, and, and have the next Elder Scrolls game next to my other platinums for the Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. But um, that's
0: fine. That's fine. <laughs> the thousand G's doesn't quite sound the same, does it?
1: I fucking hate G's, I'll be honest. Yeah. This, is a, this is a conversation for another time, though, I think. <laughs>
0: nice. Well, Thank you, Sean. Now I understand. I will. I will boot it up soon.
1: Have you not played it yet?
0: It's on my PS5, waiting to be played. I've you been know, somewhat distracted by my Xbox recently,
1: <laughs> as, as you could expect. Well, mm. the, the one thing I would say that is, if you are going to play it, pick it up today, it will seem like the jankiest piece of shit you've ever experienced because it is janky, it it is rough, and by today's standards, it's not even like the first couple of hours aren't even good, like. But once you've given into all that junk, would you accept the fact that this is the way that this game is? Some really great moments come out of this game. Some really great moments. Mm. You just got to stick it out. And I think me, me and Miles were talking before, like how he, the, the, the previous game, Oblivion. If 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 you're listening to this Bethesda for whatever reason, randomly, you've decided to listen to this. Give give some love to Oblivion while you're at it. Yeah. Bring back Oblivion because I, Miles... <laughs> I, I can make a house out of the number of copies I bought of Skyrim. Can you please give Oblivion some love now? Thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, right, nice segue. Uh, Miles, what's your uh, history with Skyrim? Tell me why it's so great. Pretty short. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so I got it uh, back on the PS3. And when I went to uni, I tried to get into it. And I got about five hours in. and I was telling Sean (laughs) there's a really big mountain really near to where you start and there's like an objective you have to do to like go to the top of the mountain I think it's part of the main quest potentially and in typical kind of fashion um, I know it's a bit of a meme but I am really fucking stubborn with not wanting to have to trail around a map if I don't have to so when I got to this mountain I was on the wrong side side of it to go up the path I didn't know this at the time I was like, screw it, it's Skyrim, right? I'm pretty sure I can just walk up this if I just try really hard. And so I spent two hours trying to get to the top of this mountain by JC jumping and kind of glitching my way to the top for me to fall off at the end and die. And I was like, well, that was a waste of my time. And then I decided to then go round to the actual path properly, where I probably got curb stomped by a troll, which kicked me straight back off the mountain again. And I went, this game is shit. (laughs) And it wasn't shit. I was just really impatient and didn't really want to put the time in. And then I turned up to one of the the towns or the villages or whatever and it gave me I already had like eight quests at this point and I get this real kind of like choice paralysis where if I have too many things to do at once I kind of can't decide what I need to do first and I don't like leaving side missions until after I like to do them as I go and then I walked into this town and it literally gave me another nine quests so I was like nope this is it I'm done I'm out I can't do this I'm not committing the time I cannot be asked. And so I quit it and I never really went back. I've tried, I've downloaded it again and had it on my hard drive. And every time I would thought that I might want to play it, I kind of put myself off it. Um, but again, I was telling Sean that, you know, I absolutely adored Oblivion. And I didn't even finish the main story of Oblivion because I used to just screw around in the open world and do so much like random stuff. And it would always end with me jo- joining the Dark Brotherhood and basically killing everybody. And that would just be how my playthrough would always end. Um, and so I really thought given that I love Fallout and I love Oblivion that Skyrim should be a no brainer but it's just never worked I don't know why it's just never worked for me and um, it's one of those that I always think I should go back to but given the amount of time it would take to actually appreciate it properly I just think I don't have the time to invest into it which is a bit of a shame but I've enjoyed all of their other titles but Skyrim was just the one that never clicked with me so I've always just had to kind of acknowledge that it's probably the game that is incredible but it's just never going to be for me unfortunately
0: my question was why is it so good
2: oh sorry yeah i can't i can't really tell you (laughs) to be honest i honestly can't even tell you why it's so good um it's got a lot of good memes (laughs) but that's it i can't really contribute much else i'm afraid
0: you get why it has a, a legacy yes you understand why it's kind of um you know survived for this long
2: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, if you look at the, I remember opening the map for the first time and being like, holy shit, this is, this is ridiculous. How have they even managed to build something this ridiculously large in terms of just the scope of it? And I did manage to take down one of the dragons and the fight was pretty damn epic. And it's just, it's one of those where I think if you really want to just lose yourself in a universe, it just gives you that potential And in spades. You know, it's just one of those games where it is, this is your you know universe to go and do whatever you want to and you can be whatever kind of hero you want to be or villain you want to be your you know just the depth that bethesda used to go into with you know their quest lines and all the different um they weren't called covenants but kind of guilds or whatever you could join you know there was just so much to it so much detail and so much depth that you can lose your life to it like sean said you can lose 800 hours to it and not even blink and um yeah with oblivion i can see why the series is so beloved and with the fallout series um It's just that, yeah, Skyrim didn't click for me, but I can totally understand why people just always return to it. And when you've got mods, you know, the scale that uh, Skyrim has, you know, it's just got endless replayability. And I think the best one I ever saw was that Thomas the Tank Engine mod where it's just like this horrifying haunting Thomas the Tank Engine is replacing all the dragons and it just swoops down and breathes fire on you and I was like that is terrifying I don't need that in my life
0: <laughs> people love putting Thomas the Tank Engine in games don't they I don't I don't know what it is but <laughs> There's, um, I remember seeing um a Resident Evil 3 mod and instead of oh my god instead yeah. of Mr. X it was Thomas the Tank Engine oh, that was brilliant to it be fair like, what?
2: <laughs> that was whoever did that Brilliant job. Great job.
0: Someone owns Thomas' Tank Engine going, hang on, what the fuck? Yeah, what, is, what <laughs> has happened to my little kids cartoon? What are yeah, they right. doing? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Cap, do you want to talk to me about Oblivion?
3: Uh, yeah, I can do.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute.
3: Um, I don't know um much about Scarium. I didn't play Scarium. I can completely appreciate why people love it so many years on, and I think it's because it's... The underpinning of what people do now for open world games. I think it was the first of its kind to really make a mark and really to stretch the boundaries and really start to play with, you know, you know, just what it is today. And so people love experiencing that all over again. And so people like Sean won't give a fuck about the clunk, whereas I think people who have never played it before will give a fuck about the clunk because of that. It's a bit against, but that's not the point of this phone. I- um and I haven't played it. it has always been on my list and when I got my ps4 um it was on there because um someone had originally played it and um, and then I think my dad like gifted me the vr version but I didn't have a vr so I was like well thank you <laughs> but I've got to spend 200 pounds <laughs> um but yes so I've played oblivion and I can totally see why people then fell in love with Skyrim you know it's memeable it's it's humongous. Um, and it's just that definition of escapism, I think, that all the other games try to create. Um, I, I can talk about Oblivion. I, I Like, I can see <laughs> this, this is kind of like my only... And I do agree with Sean. Where the fuck's the Oblivion remaster? Like, um, my friends from Oblivion was playing at uni on my Xbox, and, um, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm too experienced for that gate, I'm too unexperienced for that gate, so what I'll do is I'll just, you know, fuck around, I'll play in the woods, I'll cover this, you know, just cover the map, cover the landing, and then I went down the stairs, which led to a gate, and I don't know why, but for some reason it used to like auto save a lot, and um, the gate triggered a ghost, and I was not anywhere experienced for this ghost and I'd soft locked myself because where it had saved was right on the stairs um and so yeah so I couldn't get out of that one and then every I, time I tried to run away the ghost would follow me
1: I had this exact same problem
3: oh my god I know I never went back to it after that I was so sad I was like and the ghost wouldn't stop fucking following me and I couldn't defeat it so it kept keep killing me and then what would happen is I'd run away and then accidentally open an oblivion gate and I was like, brilliant. now I've got a fucking gate after me." Uh, I, I
1: never got that word that bad. Jesus Christ! Oh my
3: God! I, I was running so far, and it kept following me. They were like, "You've gone too far, and you've activated an oblivion gate." And I was like, "Fuck!" So then I had all these fucking other things, and I was like, Do "You know what? I hate myself." So then I blah. Just redo it.
1: So you quite genuinely got chased by a ghost into hell. Yes. Is... <laughs> yes. <laughs> well Literally. done. You broke thank oblivion. Thank
3: you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it was just yeah, it was just a nightmare, and I was stupid, and I didn't have any saves, and I. Yeah, I lost my uh, soft locked myself out of uh, however many hours I was in, um, and that's my story about Oblivion. I'm so glad you did the same thing, Sean. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, I, I, I lost a, a good <laughs> ten hours of progress.
3: Yeah, that. yeah. Honestly, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that always same feature? And they know, like, oh, you're gonna go down to a scary thing. I couldn't even open the door. That was the worst thing. So I went down these little stairs, and there was a cage with a gate, and there was probably a key or something. But the ghost came through the gate
1: yeah and- if I remember rightly there was the, there's a way to be able to like get past the ghost without fighting it um oh. but like you had to do that prior to getting up to the door yeah I and- think you um- had
3: to have like a certain sword because it was like your weapon is um your the ghost is immune to your weapons I'm, like brilliant I, yeah. I'll just go fuck myself then and then I'll be like you know I'll just run away then and then it was like you've activated the gate and I was like fuck Fucking <laughs> so uh yeah. So um so I think it put me off time a little bit, to be honest with you. I, was like, I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what kind of kind of ghosts are here to follow me again. But yeah. I'd love to get into it one day. I think it is like Miles says it is a time sink. But I think I would be willing to give it a go because I do love those kind of games and yeah. I love I love mission choosing. I'm kind of the opposite of Miles. I love the fact when someone gives you like nine side quests and it's like, go get this apple, go, you know, have a bath. Like I loved it. The strangers (laughs) and freaks missions on like GTA 5. They were my jam. Like Hmm. so, but yeah, that that's my history. It's not much. What about it? There you go, go. ladies and gents.
0: That's our that's our celebration of Skyrim. (laughs) 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 Ten minutes of the ten minutes of oblivion. Um, I haven't played it. I have no.
3: Ten minutes of oblivion. I'll have you know I fucking lost hours that game after yeah, fucking probably. ghost.
0: That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um yeah, I haven't played it. Um it's like I said, it's ready to go. I wanna know what it's about. I wanna I want context for memes, essentially, is what I'm doing it for. Um I wanna know who the guy is that gets an arrow to the knee, because I don't know who that person is.
1: No one knows who that person is He's like, he's like the most vanilla god uh, This random keep He's not even important He's just a guy that talks to you, uh,
0: you I'm going to find him And I'll be like You're the
1: dude You're the It's you You need to play for one hour exactly And you'll find him Sweet I'm going to find him s- Stand in the first town The first city that you get, where, to get White Run Go go to White Run okay. Stand there And one guy will come to you and go oh, I used to be an adventurer i got took an arrow to the knee Sweet Oh.
0: <laughs> and I'll bring that meme back to life because it's, it's it's been a while. Thanks. Oh, I can't wait. I, can't wait. I, I, I finally
1: feel relevant again.
0: <laughs> yeah, just for you, buddy. Just for you. Rather uh, well, um, along with Forza and Halo, I've also been playing a whole lot of GTA this week, uh, particularly San Andreas, um, which is currently available on Esports Game Pass. And honestly, that's the best place to play it because... This thing sucks. And the internet has, in no <laughs> in no short terms, let Rockstar know that this thing is not good. That's not just San Andreas. It's all three of these goddamn remasters that people were very hyped about. But then remember that they never saw any gameplay until the game was released. And, well, we know very well what that means, don't we, Cyberpunk 2077? So I don't know if you guys have seen anything particularly... Uh, Rough about this game that you can share, but I've been playing San Andreas, and San Andreas is, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not good. Um, Digital Foundry did a, a check on the frame rate issues, and it ran better on PS2 than it does on my PS5, on my Xbox Series, sorry. And that's just a, I mean, I don't understand what that is, um, but. Miles, how did this happen?
2: I just think they just wanted to make some money in between releasing titles, to be honest. Um, Yeah,
0: I mean, it should be stressed that Rockstar didn't develop these. Um, They were made by Grove Street Studios, which just sounds like a a secret studio that Rockstar have somewhere that they've called grocery studios. The Aldi version of Rockstar. Yeah, pretty much.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was, I think I looked at it a couple of days before it released and I was looking for screenshots and, and trailers or gameplay or something. And like you said, there was nothing. And I was like, that's really sketchy. When games do that, you know, it's because there's something that's not quite right with it. And obviously it was announced quickly and released pretty quickly as well. And oh, some of the screenshots I've seen of the character models are just, there's the one on the uh, San Andreas with one of the gang on the bike or something. And his arms look like spindly noodles or something. It just, it looks ridiculous. And a lot of people have noticed how, you know, in the PS2 version, all the character models actually have so much more detail than they do in these new remasters. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of it you can put down to, you know, Rockstar have gone for a slightly more cartoony kind of vibe to it, I guess, to try and, make it so that the, the pixel count doesn't match if it's got a good art direction. And I think some of the neon in the city looks good. I think it's in Vice City, isn't it? Um, yeah. But some of the screenshots are just abysmal. Like, it's just embarrassing. And like you said, the mm-hmm. fact that the games ran better on PS2 than they do on PS5, it, it just kind of comes across to me as they knew they needed to re-release these games in order to cash in on them to a degree, because obviously remasters are doing very well at the moment in HD collections and everything else. And Felt like they didn't want to remake them properly, so they kind of did you know a half job between both, and it sounds like they've just done a very half-assed job of it of you know, we'll do enough to to justify selling it, but not Mm. enough to actually make it worthwhile. And I guess we're not particularly surprised by games coming out being broken messes, but yeah, to just to just get it so wrong, and apparently there's still problems in these games that existed in the PS2 versions, so they've obviously just decided to. To not go back and fix stuff, and it's
0: yeah. just it's uh, San Andreas did launch with hot coffee. Of course it did, which is <laughs> of absolutely insane. And I can't believe that he didn't notice. And they took it off, they took it off the Rockstar Games launcher, which is Rockstar's epic game store essentially. And they were like, Oh yeah, that was left in, was it? Oh, that's funny. Okay, we'll take it off, we'll take it out, and we'll put it back on. <laughs> what? There's just <clears throat> it's such a lack of attention to detail.
2: It's bad, isn't it? And they they even had to take it down, was it the day or two before they had to take it off the PSN store because the pre-orders were unlocking early and obviously you wouldn't want people to have fun with the game before it's due to release so you can't have that happening no. and but i guess it was also because they knew that the game was going to be a bit of a crap heap at launch so they didn't want people getting that out early um but yeah i yeah. can't say i'm overly surprised it, it kind of felt to me when they announced it and it was coming out so quickly that it was just going to be a hey we need to make some money so we've done this so that we can make some money and we're going to carry on making the other games that will hopefully release better
0: yeah, I mean, they also haven't aged all that well, really. Not just the graphics, but the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels decades old. Yeah, it looks
2: terrible.
0: They've modernized the controls, so it plays like GTA V, but it's just yeah, the, the driving is terrible. Um, the shooting is still kind of like aim and B, which is really complicated, and it's just yeah, it's a real real disappointment. Um. Sean, can you shine any light on why this happened? Kind of. Go for it. Um, so
1: you might have seen a lot of pictures from this um, these remasters where they're, they've they removed a lot of the tricks that had to be used to get these games to work originally. So if you go to certain places in San Andreas, say you go to the top of the mountain, you will not be able to see all of San Andreas Uh, going off into the distance but you can in this because they've removed the volumetric fog because to be honest with you it would look shit in a remaster because that fog was only there really to hide the environment so that you didn't have to have an eternal draw distance so obviously a game will only will only draw what the player can see and it draws as you as you turn and you move so it would only draw that The, the, the ps2 was just not capable of being able to draw the whole city, so it had fog, and you'll see this in in certain games where you know you, you'll slow down when walking because it's loading and things. Little tricks that the game uses; those those tricks have been removed, which has left this original code, and it, it's translation to modern day consoles as just a pile of shit, um, because the game was never developed that way, and the further that we move into the future the further that we continue to move away from when these games were originally developed the the more expectations have changed about these games so if you, if you real a lot of games that get released based on um, older games now are remakes rather than remasters because remasters for the longest time were utter dog shit before they decided oh shit they can make money on these and started to do good ones but then they started to go to dog shit again because we're scraping the, the bottom of the barrel. The only way to do these games, Jesse, would, would have been to remake them because just to stick them at 4, 4K uh, resolution with as many frames as it was, is capable of doing was never going to give it a good look. And mm. to, do, to, to, to remake the entire game, to redo every texture would take far more time and money than it would ever been worth doing. The fact that this game exists anyway is kind of like a, a bit of a miracle because, seriously, they shouldn't have bothered. They already had PS4 versions, you know, that were perfectly—they you know, weren't fine, but they were—they were perfectly workable.
0: Yeah, even the mobile versions are pretty good.
1: So, you know, the, the fact that these exist anyway is—it's—it is a cash grab, and it is them trying to modernize this for modern gamers. It was a futile effort because the, the things they've done. To try and make this game look modern day by removing the tricks that were necessary back in the day, have fucked the game up.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a real shame. And oh, and it's still fifty five pounds as well.
1: Yeah, I'm never paying that. (laughs) Yeah, me (laughs) either. Fuck (laughs) that.
0: Yeah, I
1: I, I was, I was on the bubble of paying. You, you all know this. That like Mm. the day after it came out, I was going to buy it, and then I saw a video of. Uh, Vice City, the only game in their trilogy that I am actually desperate to play that isn't on a subscription service, and I, su- I saw it during the rain, and it looks completely unplayable.
0: Yeah, you can't. It's giving people migraines, yeah. apparently.
2: I saw that. It looks like one of those really bad like Snapchat filters, like they've just literally slapped it on and just called it a day. It's it looks frigging atrocious.
0: Mm. Well, there was a moment I was in CJ's house and it was raining, and the rain was coming through the roof. <laughs> oh. So it's like, mm,
2: <laughs> incredible, yeah. Have, have um, you
1: seen Have you seen that gift today of the 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 CJ meeting up with his friend, doing the whole fist bump, but a car accidentally wiping them out.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's during a cut scene, and they're both standing there on the side. you know, they're doing the whole hand thing they do, and a car and like an AI car just wipes them both out. <laughs> um, a mug starts spinning in the air. And then CJ goes, I'll catch you later.
0: <laughs> what <laughs> oh, the fuck? God. Yeah, it's oh, an absolute so mess. Um, Kat, I wanted to leave you to the last on this one, because I know you're a massive fan of Rockstar re-releases.
3: <laughs>
0: um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what you've seen about this or anything, but what's your what's your two cents on this GTA trilogy?
3: Well, this is just an, obviously shit, because they spend so much of their time on GTA Five. That's, that's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they push the development to a... A much smaller studio and there wasn't the attention to detail that Rockstar is so famous for.
3: Exactly and the thing is Rockstar are known to be a huge like just a huge company to you know deliver really top notch games, top notch graphics top notch story and and uh, you know there's obviously the story is still the same and everything but fuck now. <laughs> I was reading this and um, I was, I looked at the rain stuff and I was looking at the, some of the comments that people were making and I mean, I think even someone had said, you know, are they, they saw cyberpunk and they just said, you know, hold my, hold my game controller. Um, um and that kind of sucks it sucks that that's happened because I think that if you are a massive fan of GTA and you're a massive fan of the originals this was probably something that you would have been very hyped about this is something that I can't wait to play Vice City can't wait to play San Andreas whatever it might be and then to just you know play it and it just be just a bit of a mess it's just sad do you know what I mean and I always think like mm-hmm. regardless of excitement and regardless of hype like take your time with the game because you're gonna have a lot more shit when it's shit than it than you are getting out early and it's just yeah bless them there's a lot of people i was reading about this and there's a lot of people who are requesting refunds metacritic it's been bombed on metacritic it is just i think it peaked at number one for ps5 players there we go um
0: yeah
3: yeah cool peaks
0: so yeah, don't 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 buy this trilogy, guys. Just yeah, don't. No, Especially if you're on a Nintendo Switch. Huh. <laughs> Digital Foundry it ran at twelve frames per second on Nintendo Switch these games.
1: Oh no, that's good for Nintendo Switch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Better than it's... Link's Awakening.
1: Oh.
3: I think they would have had wow. better luck just releasing GTA One you know, the top-down version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least we would have expected utter shite, you know. But, mm. yeah. Not Why
1: haven't they? They need to do that. They do, yeah,
3: though, oh, don't yeah, they? Right. That was a banging game. That was one of the first games I think I ever played.
0: Let's do it in the Link's Awakening visual style, like a, like a board game. <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: I, I I think I would buy that just to play the first game, get a Garanga and then never play it again. Just, yeah. just run over all the monks in line. Get them yeah. and that was it yeah, yeah. Just away. I don't know platinum trophy
0: if they include uh, the London DLC I'll be there as well oh god yeah 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 you're listening to Groove Street TV actually no little, we don't you want you guys u- to do it you <laughs> got someone else to do it
3: uh, little Union you... Jack on your car that was awesome yeah, it was, was awesome Great.
1: Have, you, have you seen the image that I've just sent to you on Slack so it is an image of the Tough Nut Donuts in San Andreas that has been remastered and the tough doughnuts in the original had a doughnut on the top of the shop followed by two nuts either side as in lug nuts that you tighten the remastered has smoothed the lug nuts down to be complete circles
3: <laughs> yeah they totally have as well that is embarrassing you can kind of see ever so slight ridges but it's not like what nut has like 20
1: ridges Oh, it's like The original was like, it looked like a nut, and this one just Yeah, looks it
3: literally like, looks
1: like a nut, and this one just looks like a circle. Some kind of polo. It's like <laughs> tough mint donuts. anyway.
0: <sighs> yeah, don't buy the GTA Trilogy. There you go, that's our consumer advice for the week. Uh rather, let's get into our recommendations. This is where we've seen something throughout the week, and we want to share it with you. Whether it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a comic book, a s- scarf, or a shirt might not be those two things but we'll see we've gone in the past we've gone through uh we've recommended tesco club Cards. we we've, re- <laughs> <laughs> we've recommended other podcasts um which i'm guilty of and uh, all sorts so uh, who knows what we're going to get this week um cat what's your recommendation this week?
3: Uh, my recommendation is a book 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 um and it's a game book yay mm. Um so up for review which will hopefully be out this week um if I finish reading it <laughs> um is uh, The Making of Tomb Raider by Daryl Baxter. Um so I've been giving this to a review and um spoiler alert before you read my review, it's pretty good. It, it focuses on the first two Tomb Raider so it's not for the whole franchise and there is kind of a caveat that you really need to be a fan you really you really need to have not just played the games but just really be in love with the game and and it it really talks about everything so he's had conversations from the original designers he's had um conversations with the original programmers there only like six people on the team and he has put all the transcripts in and you have to really love the game because I guess if you didn't love the game, you really wouldn't give a shit um, and you wouldn't find it that interesting. Um, but when you do love the game, you not only want to know like the little tidbits, but you do want to know how it's made and you do want to know how the levels work, and you want to know who makes the levels and why they made the levels that way. And you know, who did the voice, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, and just like loads of random facts. It's just a really interesting concept that, you know, I guess like, it's just a really geeky book. Um, And it is just based on the first two. And that surprised me because I actually thought it was going to be about all of them, um, but it's the first two in so much detail. So if you are a big fan of the OG games, Um, I would definitely recommend picking this up if you're not that bothered that you might it might not be for you Um, but if you are just you know interested in game programming or just actually how things were made because the stuff that's been in Tomb Raider is you know a lot of people have copied and pasted um, into their own games and there's a lot of revolutionary unique stuff that happened in Tomb Raider that's now part of today yeah super cool so would recommend picking that up Um, and you can read my review sometime this week.
0: Splendid. Oh, nice. Uh, Sean, your, game, your uh, game of the week? No, your recommendation. My
1: recommendation is a kebab from Tabish in stoke on Trent.
0: Nice. Here we um, go.
3: I'm really hungry. I'm say. You <laughs> always uh, do food.
1: I don't always do food.
3: Well, ever since ever since you've done food, all I can think about is wings.
1: Oh, wing. fuck me. Did you, <laughs> oh, Wingstop. Anyway, we're going to talk about stuff for the next half an hour. Buckle in, <laughs> folks. Um... So this kebab, it's from Tabish in Stoke on Trend. This place opened up about a year ago during the pandemic. And um, it's literally got me through some hard times. This place <laughs> never misses. I'm not so if I if when I'm working later and I come in and no one wants to cook at like you know 11 o'clock at night, but I'm hungry because I've not eaten, this place delivers. And they do a kebab box, which is a pizza box with a pizza bread or like a naan bread in the bottom with donna meat, uh, chili beef. Uh, chicken, chicken, t- chicken, ticket t- chunks and chicken uh, doner meat, and it's inside a box. You can put some chips on, and you get some garlic mayo or whatever sauce you want. It's an option for a salad. Jesus you...
0: Christ!
1: Now, let sorry, me I'm just you. getting
0: a little bit turned on. Carry on. <laughs>
1: like you know i'm i'm going to order one of these once this podcast is finished and play halo <laughs> anyway
3: <laughs> oh yeah that sounds like a great idea this this
1: this is this is one of the best kebabs i've ever and the, the problem is right the, the issue with this is the fact that they never fucking miss like the quality i've ordered an embarrassing amount of these <laughs> An
3: embarrassing. Yeah. You should ring them in a minute and be like, "Yo, I just gave you loads of free advertising. Please, you know." Why do you think I'm doing this? They're paying me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, no, they, they they are. If you're in Stoke-on-Trent and you need like a good meal and it's like 13 quid delivered, just just do it. Like Tabish, T A A B I S H. Tabish, get it down, you. Yeah. <laughs> You oh, should, should all come up to Stoke for uh, EGX when it's in Birmingham. Yeah, and it's really Stoke's nowhere near happen. Birmingham, but I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: we'll get there. We'll get there somehow.
1: Well, there's a wing stop in Birmingham, so we could. Oh <laughs> my god! Oh, my
3: god! All of yes. our recommendation that week will be just the different flavors of wings.
2: What a week of food that is going to be! <laughs> could just do a live stream of us being in there and just do that as a recommendation section. They have changed the dates <laughs> of
1: EGX just in case you, you know it's a bit earlier in March. Should you should you want to go? I'm just saying. I think mm. we should all go. Um, just either forget awesome. or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Um and we can then go to Wingstop. Or we can <laughs> just go to Wingstop. I mean it's up to you guys. <laughs> Who needs EGX?
0: Uh Miles, uh, what is your recommendation for the week?
2: uh mine is the zombies mode from vanguard um i touched on it briefly very briefly last week um, but i've actually played a bit more of it since and i'm actually having a really good time with it um apparently it's quite a stripped down version of previous zombies i wouldn't know i haven't played it for like three years um but it's just good fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys have played zombies in the last kind of few years or the last iterations, but it's quite different mm. from how it used to be. There's no guns on the wall anymore. The the a punch and the mystery box is still there, uh, but you now go through portals. Uh, there's three different objective types. Um, so there's one we just like survive a certain amount of time. One we have to like harvest runes. Um, another we have to like follow this floating head orb around um, around a map where you're getting swarmed. Um, it's just really good fun. Um, yeah, I hopped in with a few randoms, and it doesn't really do a very good job of explaining itself. So it becomes this giant mess of everyone running around shooting at anything they see, and then you can act and can accidentally kind of trigger to, to finish uh, the run. Um, so somebody accidentally finished it, and then you get swarmed by like a hundred zombies all at once coming at you, and everyone promptly gets killed. It's great. Um, so yeah, I didn't I haven't like I said, I haven't played it. I haven't really gone into zombies for a good while, but it's actually been really nice to return to and. Yeah, although apparently if you're a zombies connoisseur, it's not the greatest mode. If you haven't played it for a while, it's well worth jumping into. It's just a good laugh, and it's easier than it used to be as well. I don't know if you guys remember, but like, I think it was one of the Black Ops ones. Like Some of the zombies modes got seriously, ridiculously hard, and um, they've obviously just toned it down a little bit now, where you feel like a god just running around blasting everything to pieces, and can't really go wrong with that. Um, So yeah, I think uh, between my Jurassic World sessions, I've been... Jumping into
0: zombies for a bit. So yeah, thought I'd recommend it if anyone's wanting to give it a go. Nice. I haven't jumped into it yet, actually. I beat the campaign um, and had a good time with it. It was a good time, but Nice. We should give it yeah. a go. Yeah, for sure. I haven't jumped into zombies for a while. But you, you should also jump into Halo mods. We should do that as well. Yes. That I must. Yes, absolutely. Um, what's my recommendation? Um, Rowing Edition is also a book. Um, and it's also a video game book. And it is indeed the Sega Meg- Mega Drive and Genesis Encyclopedia um, by one Chris Scullion. Now, I am reviewing it for the website, so that will be up this week. Um, so look for two book reviews this week on the website, which is something we don't do very often. But uh, yeah, two come along at once. It's very cool. And this is exactly what you think it is. It is every single game released for the Mega Drive and Genesis in a giant book. And it's written by one of my favorite writers and a, 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 a good friend of mine, Mr. Chris Scullion, who you may know from the official Nintendo magazine, he made a CVG. He currently writes for VGC. Just lots of, you know, words and letters. And uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun read. He, he writes with a lot of sense of humor. Um, he writes as if he's kind of having a conversation with you, sort of over a table rather than for a massive audience. It feels very personal and one-to-one. And yeah, there's a lot of write-ups about every single game released for this thing. And um, it follows on from his previous two books, which was the Nes encyclopedia and the Snares encyclopedia. Um, he's got an N64 one coming very, very soon. So, you know, the man is very busy writing up about every single game that's possibly ever released. And I'm excited to see what he does next. It also includes the Mega Drive CD, if you can remember that thing. Um, all of the games that came out for that bastard. And it's just great. It's a really, really fun book to read. And it's available now on Amazon and Pen and & Sword, wherever you get your books, you can probably find this thing. And, yeah, well worth read if you're into your retro gaming I think Paul's going to get a copy as well remember Paul? He used to be on this podcast and um, yeah he's uh, he, he's excited about it too so yeah plenty to enjoy in the Mega Drive and Genesis encyclopedia alright then let's go to out this week with Sean Davies? if you set and good to go without this week I am, I was just checking
1: out pictures of kebabs Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had to quickly change my
1: browser anyway <laughs>
0: Uh, Sorry about that What are you watching Sean? Pictures of kebabs That's filth, turn it off You're right, your eyes Uh, Right,
1: okay, releasing this week If you are listening to this on the day that it goes up on Holy shit, is that
0: the the kebab you recommended?
1: That is the kebab I recommended Fuck it Oh my god Yeah, that's why I'm
0: twice as big as I am now (laughs) Sorry listeners, you won't know what that means at all But you just put a picture up at the slack Of the uh, kebab that he was discussing the aforementioned <laughs> the contender contender, uh, best kebab of all time. That anyway, is an absolute
2: monster. What the hell? Yeah, you can't see cardboard.
1: It's that. It's <laughs> that. A pizza is... box. You know, That's anyway, <laughs> releasing Sorry. this week, apart from Hunger, is um, <laughs> <laughs> so, November 16th. Uh, a game is surviving the aftermath, which has been in early access for a long time, is releasing on PC. Also coming to PC is Hextech Mayhem, a League of Legends game. So this is like a rhythm game based on Hextech. Uh, from League of Legends, as the name might suggest. Um, Also releasing on November 16th is The Last Stand Aftermath. It's releasing on PC and consoles. That's a zombie roguelike where you play as a survivor who has been bitten. And it's your job to go and try and find a new place for the remaining survivors to live. I believe Greg is currently trying to review that with a broken-ass laptop. But um, yeah, we'll have a review up for that soon.
0: Looks so good.
1: Also coming out this week is Grow on November 16th. Um, it's coming to PC and consoles. We will have a review for that soon. Our code doesn't go live until the release date, but CAT will be on duty for that. Uh, also on the 16th is Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1. I talked at length about why I think this game is a very conflict- conflicted and flawed masterpiece earlier. You can read my review probably today if you're listening to this. Also releasing on November 16th. Now I've been hating, I've been waiting for this game to release because I know I'm going to hate trying to say this yami Hub Adventure. It's um, it's a, a colourful like yeah, <laughs> it's a colourful um, kind of thing about a marsupial platformer. Also, so November seventeenth, um, we're getting towards the end of the games for this week now. Is Darius Cosmic Collection Arcade, which is finally coming to the PC after being released on co- consoles. On November eighteenth, Undungeon is finally launching on PC which is, looks like a very cool old-style RPG. Uh, and also on PC and Xbox and Xbox One is X01, which is a trippy alien orb flight sim-style game about using momentum and speed to navigate alien worlds. It's very, very cool. Also releasing on PC on November 8th is Smoot's Golf, which, if you've played everybody's golf, this is from the, that developer, They've gone and made a they made it an Apple arcade game called Smoots Golf, which is coming to PC. Also on the 18th, Space Moth Lunar Edition, a game I know nothing about. November 19th, Battlefield 2042 is launching. Should anybody give a shit after those reviews. It's and not it's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Imagine launching after the halo beta goes up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fucked.
1: DOA, anyway. um, (laughs) And uh, probably a better shooter, also launching on November 19th, Nerf Legends. Oh, nice. A game about shooting Nerf guns. And the only other game releasing before our next podcast is Farming Simulator 22, which is launching on PC. Lovely stuff. Next week is a pretty quiet week, and this segment will be much shorter then. (laughs) Plenty of games to play this week.
0: Yeah, so all the big is kind of released last week, didn't they, really?
1: What do you mean? This week from- Sherlock Holmes and X O one Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I've been playing Battlefield 2042. Uh, not for review, but I've been playing the trial on the A-Play. And yeah. Yeah, it's trash.
2: Have you seen the user reviews on Metacritic Craig? Because it is not pretty.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking mess. It's so boring. It's so buggy. And the trailers have made this thing look like an absolute blockbuster. And I have just walked by myself for most of the game with nothing happening around me. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck it, fuck it. Halo's out, fuck it. Who cares? (laughs) There are better first-person shooters to be played. Indeed. It's
1: Um, it's, EA are really great at releasing bad games and then trying to rescue them all. They've got a really great track record of that, if you think about Anthem and, oh, hang on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the best first example <laughs> no they haven't got a good track record at all this is DOA we're not going to hear about it in, in six months time what a yeah. shame
0: no EA watching that Xbox celebration tonight going ah fuck. yeah never mind give <laughs> it a good go lads Oh, God, what a disaster. Right then, ladies and gentlemen, that does bring an end to this week's episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. Thank you all very much, Steve, for listening. Don't forget, if you do want to follow us, you can follow us in our link tree in the description below. And if you follow us on Twitter at f n g r g n s, and you can follow all of us individually, our handles are in the description below. Also, don't forget, if you really like what we do, you can follow our Patreon. For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services. And keep the website nice and shiny. I messed that up. I'm really angry at myself because I've done it perfectly the last two weeks. Never mind. But until then, it is goodbye from Jurassic Miles. See you later. It is goodbye from Kat Taylor's version.
3: See you later.
0: It's goodbye from Sean Davies. Sean Rim. Hello. Sean Rim. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> oh, I don't even know
1: what to think about that.
0: Oh, no. Bye. <laughs> Probably the best outro ever. And it's goodbye from me. I am Roscoe Chief117. We're off to play Halo. We'll see you next week. Bye!